0: You're listening to the Global Vision Bible Church Podcast, where broken people find new meaning to life. You're about to hear a message straight from God's Word, because at Global Vision, we believe in three things, biblical preaching, radical compassion, and extravagant generosity. Hey, at the end of this episode, I'd like to ask you to rate and review the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, because we believe God's Word still challenges perspectives, encourages hearts, and changes lives. Now let's head under the tent in Mount Juliet, Tennessee for this week's message from Pastor Greg Locke.
1: We'll give the Lord a good amen shout. Wow, thank you so much, team, for worshiping and lead us into the presence of the Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm just I'm just excited about what the Lord is doing in our midst. You know, I never correspond with Monica and the band I never tell them what to sing they never tell me what to preach but the Holy Spirit always tells both of us what's going on at the same time and I had no idea that she was going to break out that new song and going to talk about all of that that transpired and why that song was released But I am preaching today on Matthew chapter 7 on the two foundations, amen. And so God worked it out beautifully and orchestrated it beautifully. So Matthew chapter 7 is where I want you to go in the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter number 7. And again, I want to say thank you so much for being here. Is this yours, Miss Monica? I don't want that thing to go off. You know, I can answer it for you while I'm preaching, I guess, amen. But uh, I'm just excited. Not just that the Lord dovetails things together like that, but it's just more confirmation of what the Lord is doing, that even in the midst of tragedy, we're going to see triumph. Amen. Even in the midst of things that look like they go down, God's going to resurrect some stuff and bring it back up. Amen. Here we have in the parking lot, all of these people, and uh, you you seem to be pretty happy. Amen. You seem to be pretty joyous. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's mad. Nobody's upset. And God's just doing a great work. And so we thank the Lord for it. Full parking lot out there. And uh, God is just going to get his glory. If nothing else, people driving by thinking, wow wow, maybe I need to show up and see what in the world's going over there in that gravel parking lot. I'm telling you, this is going to draw more people to Christ. It's going to draw more people to this parking lot. It's going to draw more people to the kingdom and to the tent when it goes back up. Because what some people are looking for are folks that just won't stop serving Jesus no matter what comes at them. Amen? And that's where we are as a local body. We're just going to keep on serving the Lord. And I thank God for it. And so, again, not only thank you for being here, but all of our folks online, we want to say thank you so very much to each and every one of them. And I didn't do this during the offering, but I'd like to right now. If you are not from Tennessee, if you traveled here today, kind of a weird day to be here, but if you, and we still have baptisms, by the way, the hottest thing out here will be that baptistry. It's got three heaters in it. Woo! So we will have some baptismal celebrations, but if you are not from Tennessee and you are here for this service today, would you stand up so we can honor you just for a moment if you are not from the great, look at that, all over the parking lot. Thank you, folks. Thank you, thank you for being here. You may be seated, and it's just exciting. Man, I, I'm just, I just don't know what the Lord's going to do, right? Not just today, but every single day. He, he's just got some plans that we can't even imagine. And it's just beautiful. And guess what? The pulpit survived. Amen. The pulpit made it. Amen, John. The pulpit made it. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, John Brand. Yeah, happy birthday. He's one of the staples around here, but uh, yeah, the the pulpit survived, and so praise the Lord for that, and we're just going to rock on. All right, Matthew chapter number seven is where we're going to be this morning in the text. I want to invite you to stand out of reverence for the reading of God's word, and then we'll pray. You can be seated, and we'll just move ahead with the message today. Matthew seven, let your eyes fall to verse number 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Thank you. You may be seated. Father, I pray that you would get honor, glory, and magnification through everything that is said and done over the course of these next few moments. May the power of the word of God and all of its authority wash over us today like a great and mighty flood, cleanse us, revive us, convict us. Challenge us, but most of all, God, I pray you would change us, and you are working in a mighty way in this outdoor service today, and for that, we are grateful. We do pray, and Lord, our hearts go out to those that have lost family members and their lives and their livelihood and their homes and their farms and their businesses. God, would you protect them today? Would you overshadow them? Would you help other churches and other organizations and businesses step up to the plate? Hit a grand slam for the gospel and help these people that are in dire need right now. And Father, we know that you'll meet the needs that are here, but we want to be used abundantly to meet the needs of others because that's what your word teaches. But I pray now that you would settle our hearts and our minds and our eyes as we look into the perfect law of liberty, May we continue therein. And Father, I pray that you would help us today to be a visible and a verbal testimony and representation to this community that there is a God in heaven. And when things aren't good, God still is. And we thank you for that. So today, would you have your will in way in our hearts. Keep distractions to a minimal, and we're going to be grateful when we walk away to be different. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people said... In Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, you have many times what we call the Sermon on the Mount. One of the greatest sermons that ever fell from the lips of any communicator, it just so happens to be red letters because it came from the heart, mind, and mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you get to chapter 7, we are going to talk about the two different foundations, the firm foundation and the faulty foundation, the right foundation and the wrong foundation. And how many of you know this fact? In this culture, we have taught people, especially you young people on Instagram and social media to build the superstructure without fixing the foundation and if you don't have a good foundation it doesn't matter what you build with a filter at the end of the day it's going to fall when the storm comes through but the context and the narrative of what Jesus is saying is very interesting because when you begin our text in verse 24 he says therefore shout therefore You always look and see what it's there for. Guess what he just talked about? He talked about the fact that the reason people's foundations are faulty is because they've been listening to the lies of false prophets. He said there's going to be those that stand before him in the day of judgment and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils? Did we not speak in tongues? Did we not write best-selling books? Did we not heal people? Did we not do all of this in the name of God? And then shall Jesus say unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, here's the good news about hell. You ain't got to go. Say amen right there. Hell was not created for you, me, or anybody else. It was created for the devil and his angels. But when that day of judgment happens, the context is not just referring to everybody. It's referring to the false shepherds that led people astray. And he said, I am going to rain down fire and judgment upon those shepherds that did not preach and teach the truth and communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I'm going to look at those false, fake, phony pastors and I'm going to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Now, it's not what I'm preaching on today because I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night and we seem to be a little bit bold, but I promise you it was tiptoeing compared to what's coming in the next couple of weeks from this pulpit. Because as I said on Wednesday, so I repeat myself, some of your preaching heroes are not just going to jail. Some of your preaching heroes are going to hell. Because there's some charlatans, there's some hirelings, there's some crooks, and there's some people that pretend to live one way, but behind the scenes, they're crooked as a dog's hind leg. They have big ministries. But hear me, God's judgment is about to rain down, and he is going to let the false pastors fall in public. He's going to allow it. He's going to allow it. Now, here's what I do know. The media is going to protect the politicians. But the media is going to be gladly complicit to watch the pastors fall in public. They're going to protect the politicians... But God is going to allow the media to jump on the side of exposure, and these false prophets are going to be exposed, and it's going to shake the world so much that it's also going to make the politicians get exposed as well. I'm telling you, it is coming. And it is not going to be in the long way, far out, distant future of some galaxy somewhere. We're not talking about Hollywood. We're talking about the Holy Word. God is going to get his glorious vindication. And there will be some shepherds that are going to fall on national television. And by the way. At this very moment, they would do better to fall on national TV than to have to fall before God and hear those words, you are a false prophet, and you're going to go to hell. That's what the Bible says. That's the context of where we're going. That's the narrative of what's happening. Nobody wants to talk about that. Well, you know, there's going to come a day that God said, I never knew you. Yes, but the context is he's saying that to false preachers. To people that refuse to preach the truth of the gospel. So look, at the end of the day, you're not here because I'm a motivational pop psychologist guru that sells cars and insurance. You're here because you knew I was going to grab a microphone, whether we had a tent or not, and say, this is what the Bible says. Thus saith the Lord God Almighty, this is what the Bible says. And people are starving for what the Bible says. Even last night, it was freezing cold in Holden, Louisiana. We were between two rivers that were covered in moss. I was afraid of gators last night. I was in the belly of the bayou last night. And yet, outside, I just jumped up and thundered out the word of God at John Schneider's place, and people were shouting, and people were weeping, and people got born again by the grace of God because the Bible works in every context. It works in every context. And I may be a little bit rare form excited this morning because let me share a secret with you. I got to drive the General Lee yesterday, praise God. I came full circle, pajama wearing, lifetime around from my childhood yesterday. I drove it. And I drove it in circles and I drove it fast and it was fun. And I got video footage, but nonetheless, we'll share that later. And so leading into the foundation of firmness and faultiness, he said, the reason people have a weak foundation is because they've not been taught the Bible because these false shepherds don't have a foundation themselves. So I can make you a promise. As long as I got this microphone, I'm going to feed you the truth of the word of God. We're going to be a no-nonsense congregation. We might make you laugh. We might make you cry. But at the end of the day, whether we have music or not, whether we have screens or not, whether we have a tent or not, whether we have a sound system or not, you are going to be fed the meat and potatoes of the word of God because I'm not going to stand before you. I'm going to stand before God and give an account for what I did and what I did not say. And so he says, therefore, because these men are going to be turned away that allowed people not to understand the truth of the gospel. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, you need to learn to listen to Jesus. You need to tune your heart to the voice of the Spirit of God. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them notice that he didn't just say they showed up at church and heard them no they showed up they heard them and they did them James 1 the Bible says be ye doers of the word and not hearers only there's a lot of people that hear the word of God They listen to a lot of podcasts. They come to church and they listen, 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 if they can keep up with the speed. But at the end of the day, how many people actually leave with the word of God, not just in their head, but rather in their heart. And they go home and they live out the truth of the gospel personified. That's what the Bible says. That's what wise people do. They don't come to church and take a few notes on a piece of paper. They come to church and they let the word of God take notes on their heart and it changes the way that they live their life. So he said, if you hear and do them, watch this, I will liken liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now, if Jesus says you're wise, you're wise. If Jesus says you're a fool, you're a fall down the steps fool, there's no doubt. And He's going to use both analogies in this context to describe every single person under the sound of my voice in-house and online right now. You are one or the other, and everything you are is based on what you're built out of. It's all based on the foundation or the lack of foundation that you have in your life. So he said, I'm going to call this person that listens, that hears, heeds, and obeys the Bible, I'm going to call him a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Did you know, little known fact here, when you were growing up and you heard about the big bad wolf, they came to the home of the three little piggies. And he huffed, and he puffed, and he blowed the house down. And then he huffed, and he puffed, and he blowed the house down, the straw and the sticks. Then he went to the third one, built out of bricks, and he huffed, and he puffed, 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 and he ran out of air. And he couldn't blow the house down. And then all the other ones took refuge in the guy that built his house out of the right stuff. Do you understand that Although that is a fictitious, fairy tale, made-up, interesting story we heard bedside when we were growing up, they got the analogy and that understanding from the context of this scripture right here. Because the devil, the prince of the power of the air, gets pretty windy sometimes. He likes to huff and he likes to puff. He likes to huff and he likes to puff. He likes to huff and he likes to puff. And And if your house is not built out of the right stuff, it's going to fall. But if it's built out of the principles of obedience to the word, the will, and the way of Almighty God, it will not fall no matter what the enemy sins against you and your home. And he said the wise man is the one that builds his house upon the rock. But notice what happens in the story because the context tells us once he built his house upon the rock, the rain descended and the floods came. And the winds, we know about those winds, blew, and beat upon that house continually over and over and over, beat upon the house. And the Bible says, and it, the house, fell not. And here's the reasoning, for it was founded upon a rock. It was founded upon the formative principles of the power of the gospel. It was founded upon the authority of the word of God. And so again, if we're not careful, what we think is if we dress the part and we look the part and we go to the right church and we we say all the right religious denominational taglines and we submit to the right hierarchy and we have the right rules and the right standards and we use the right filter. We think all of those things are going to give us a foundation. Those things only make us superficial and fake and phony and hypocritical and false. And they give us a false sense of security until the storm comes. And when the storm comes, it doesn't matter what filter you used on Instagram and TikTok. When the storm comes, it doesn't matter what clothes you've been wearing and what malls you've been shopping at. When the storm comes, it doesn't matter what vehicle you drive and how your hair's done. The only thing that matters is what are you built out of at the end of the day. And he said it was the wise man that built his house upon the rock, the rock of truth the rock of the gospel, the rock of the word of God, the rock of the authority of who God is and all that God does. And the problem in this American falsehood society that we have is everybody's building buildings, but nobody's tearing them down and getting the foundation right. You see, I don't know a lot about building. I know a lot about tearing stuff up. But one thing I do know about building is I don't care what it looks like. If the foundation is not good, it's bankrupt. If the foundation is not good, it's not going to last. If the foundation is faulty, then eventually the superstructure is going to be compromised and it's going to fall. But here's the thing nobody likes to talk about in the story. You got a wise man built on a rock. You got a foolish man built upon the sand. But you know what you're about to read in the next couple of verses? They both got the same wind. They both got the same floods. They both got the same storms. The storm was not any different. The result was inevitably different, not because of the storm, but because of what each of them were built out of. That's what made the difference. The same rain, because it rains upon the just and the unjust. The same sunshine, the same tornado, the same wind, the same storm. And saved people and lost people go through the same stuff. But it's all in how you handle it that makes the difference. You know what Second Peter says? Suffer, comma, as a Christian. He said you could suffer as a murderer. You could suffer as somebody that's an adulterer. You could suffer as a fornicator. You could suffer as a gossip. You see, a lot of times you bring suffering upon yourself because you live against the principles of the Word of God. He said, so since you have to suffer... Since you have to have hardship, and you do, because no temptation has taken you but such as is common to man, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So he said, you got a decision to make. You can suffer like the world suffers, or you can suffer as a Christian, but you're going to suffer one way or the other. So you got to make sure you are built out of the right foundation. Because the foundation will determine whether your superstructure stands or not. And even if the superstructure is knocked down, the foundation is still buildable again. Because we serve the God of restoration. We serve a building God. For the edification of the saints. You know why we're to build people up? Because God's a Builder. It's no kawinky dinky that Jesus was physically born in the home of a carpenter. Because God's a builder. Jesus builds the men's lives and women's lives and builds them back better than we destroyed them to begin with. And he said it was a wise man that saw the wind and the rain and the fire and the flood and the problems, and he built his house upon a firm foundation. But then notice he's not done. And everyone, verse 26, that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. They heard the same sermons. They went to the same church. They wore the same clothes. They raised their hands. They saw the same words on the screen. They were a part of the same religious institution. They heard the same man preach. But they did not obey and do the word of God. So, by the way, I have a responsibility to give you truth. And I'm not responsible with what you do with it once I give it to you. Now, if I don't give you the truth, that's on me. If I give it to you and you ignore it, that's on you. You see, that's why it doesn't bother me when many people in the community come against a church like ours and say, Oh, my goodness, they're so polarizing. I'm glad we're polarizing. I'm glad it only takes one service for you to figure out what we're all about. And if you want to figure out what we're all about, the best place to go mystery shopping is probably not Hip Mount Juliet on Facebook, okay? Okay? But at the end of the day, I don't mind the fact that only one church in this entire town reached out to us knowing the devastation that we had. You know why? Because some pastors think we're a little bit too hot to handle. Some of these pastors don't want to align themselves with your pastor. They don't want to align themselves with us. But that's fine because at the end of the day, I want you to know, I am a man that is going to preach the truth of the Word of God because I'm not trying to build a building. I'm trying to build people. I'm trying to build people. And there's a lot of people that hear, 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 but they do them not. So look, the county, the city, the whoever can get a thousand calls today about a sound ordinance that does not exist. They can try to shut us down on sewer permits. We put up silt socks and silt fencing that we weren't even asked to. We paid thousands and thousands of dollars just to be good neighbors. Because like a good neighbor, Greg Locke is there. Amen. (laughs) And yet, there are still people in this community that have a massive aversion to our style of leadership. And that's cool. There's other churches that are doing a good job. Those other churches that are preaching, they can do what they want to. Every bucket sits on its own bottom. They can do whatever they jolly well please. I don't pastor them. I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible that I give you the truth of the message. And I'm also responsible to make sure I get cranked up good and loud and give the truth to people who ain't sitting at church this morning. But a lot of them sitting on their back porch listening to me right now. They call the, they call the office down there to the police headquarters all the time. I can hear him all the way in Willoughby Station. Well, good morning, Willoughby Station. Good morning, Kelsey Glenn. Good morning, Chandler Point. Wake up, get some coffee. It's preaching time. It's preaching time. So we're not quitting, we're not giving in. <laughs> I was preaching up at that big old General Flynn conference the other day and the lady was standing in line and some of our guys were there. And she said, hey, she said, I got a real real question for you. I said, what's that? She said, are you really like this when you're at home too? I said, oh, yes, ma'am. I'm more crazy with our people. <laughs> you see, people think I come here and I'm just like, dearly beloved, thank you for gathering in this gravel parking lot. I apologize in advance if I inadvertently accidentally say something that just may hurt your feelings. No, 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 you didn't show up for that reason. I said, ma'am, you, you might have saw me get up there and go in a big way and get crazy and rah, rah, bish, kumbah, three cheers for Jesus. I said, you ought to show up at that tent. I said, our people are crazier than me. I said, man, they're more on fire than I am. I said, oh, of course, I'm the same way everywhere I go. You know why? Because I am not going to give an account to the Southern Baptists. I'm not going to give an account to the Pope and the Catholics. I'm not going to give an account to the Church of Christ or the Pentecostals. I'm going to give an account to Jesus For what I said and what I did not say. And if you want a good foundation, listen and obey the Bible. But when you hear it and don't obey it, don't blame me when your life gets blown all to craziness. Stop blaming people for your disobedience. Stop blaming everybody else for your crumbling marriage. Including your spouse. Stop blaming everybody else, every other pastor, every other church, every boss. Stop blaming everybody else for the fact that you know you just won't obey what the Bible says. That's not on us. I don't wear that mantle. That ain't on me. I got a job. I'm doing it now. You got a job. You can enjoy it and you can apply it or you can endure it and then ignore it. But that ain't on me. So don't show up in the office and say, oh my goodness, I need six weeks of counseling. No, you need to listen to one good hour long sermon I preach and apply what the Bible says is what you need to do. Because most of the time when people show up for counseling, and I love counseling, and man, I'm telling you, Pastor Danny's taking such a load off me with all the marriage of counseling and this, that, and the other. But a lot of times when people come to us for counseling, I'm thinking to myself, I just preached on that last week. Where were you? Well, I sure would like to know this about the Bible. And I'm like, I sure would like to know why you don't come on Wednesday. I just preached on that for two weeks. So when I give you the truth, that is my responsibility. What you do with it's on you, not on me. It's not on me. And so he said the wise man had the right foundation. The foolish man had a faulty foundation. What made him foolish? He heard, but he didn't do. He went to church, but he didn't obey. He shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Now let's just be bootleg honest about this. Who in the world would go to Lowe's with the expenses of wood these days. And and that's, you, you can blame Biden for that, but think about this. Who in their right mind would go buy wood that's three, four, and ten times higher than it was a year or two ago and build a house on a sandcastle? Who would do that? Well, you do that every day when you listen to the Bible, but you don't obey it. You see, to God, from his vantage point, that's how ignorant you look. That's how stupid Greg Locke looks. I'm going to go to Lowe's. I'm going to spend $100,000 on lumber. I ain't going to pour a foundation because that takes too long to cure up. I'm just going to build it on the sand and just sit back, whistle Dixie, and pray that the storm passes. And we're like... You would be an ignoramus to do that. Indeed, I would. But I know people that go to church all the time that never listen to what the preacher says, never listen to what the Bible says, never listen to the sweet, small voice of the Holy Spirit. And what they're doing is they're spinning their wheels and spending their money on things that will not matter because the wind blows, and guess what? They fall all to pieces, and then they wonder, oh, my goodness, what happened? I know what happened. You weren't built out of the right stuff. And he huffs, and he puffs, and he huffs, and he puffs, and he huffs, and he puffs. He's a windy joker. And just like the little piggies, the straw fell flat. The sticks fell flat. But the brick man, the foundation, the concrete, the cinder block building withstood the storm and then became a refuge for the foolish people who didn't build properly. And I think in a church like ours, when we tagline it, where broken people find new meaning to life, because brokenness is not the intended destination. It's merely the journey that gets you to wholeness. That's the intended destination. But for a church like ours, what we have become is a refuge for people who need to learn how to build their foundation better. Because the reason we fall apart is because we build things that look good to people, but we don't build anything that looks sturdy to God And it only matters to God. It only matters to God. You see, you have got to quit living your life to please everybody else. Them don't matter, but him does matter. And it's not about pleasing them. It's about fitting in and pleasing him. And God looks on the heart but man looks on the outward appearance and we have raised multiple generations to walk the talk and talk the talk and wear the clothes and wear the makeup and wear the facade and comb their hair a certain way and look a certain way. And all of a sudden when storms and temptations and problems and tragedy and pandemics and things come into their life, they fold. Because they spent their life looking good. They didn't spend their life building well. And all of the stuff that you love so much in life is going to burn. Tents are going to burn. Houses are going to burn. Cars are going to burn. That vehicle that you invested so much of your life, blood, sweat, tears, and money, and I don't minimize you having something nice if God blesses you, but you better know this, God could make it a bucket of bolts at a stoplight for lunch today. It's all going to burn. But I'll tell you what withstands the storm. The foundation being right. And I'm going to tell you what God's doing in our church. And what God's doing in your marriage. And what God's doing in my life. And what God's doing with all of us. And God's doing with the people that are faithfully watching right now. He is teaching us that sometimes he has to tear down the facade. To get you to understand the foundation's got to be right for the rebuilding process. And God allowed this. Oh, I know the enemy hates us. I know there's critics and judgmental people and there are the the haters as you, I I know they want us to go down. But this has been the perfect opportunity to grow to a place where hear me and hear me well. God has grown us down. Did you hear that word? He has grown us down. Because I'm going to tell you what happened. Sitting on a bus, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, Louisiana, with no control at all. And that's a miserable place for a pastor. With no tangible, relatable control at all. I found out that when God grew us down our foundation has been worked on very, very well because all of a sudden we figured out it's not hard to build back because the foundation's been right for a long time and God wanted us to see that it wasn't about the tent. It was about the body coming together. It was about the body coming together. It was about the body coming together. That's what it was about. We can buy another tent. We can buy more screens. We can buy more speakers and sound systems. But you can't buy the right foundation you got to build the right foundation. And God's been working on the foundation for years behind the scenes in this church. He's been working on it in the media. When we didn't even think that we were going to survive all the things that we've been privileged to survive together. And God was building us. God was building us. God was building us. People began to walk away. God was building us. People vandalized us. God was building us. We went broke, God was building us. People were mad and upset and misaligning the church and saying all manner of nonsense in the headlines and God was building us. 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 us. So when the tent blew down, it didn't really go down because I believe the body went up because the foundation... Has been well worked on. And he said the wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. But listen the rains descended. Same rain. The floods came. Same flood. The winds blew. Same winds. And beat upon the house. And it fell. And great. If I say great. great. Was the fall of it. Great was its demise. Great was its fall. Great. Great. Was its public embarrassment. Why? Because it looked good to everybody that drove by. But it didn't look good to God. And sometimes God will blow down the building. So everybody can find out what we're really made of at the end of the day. And he said, The wise man built his house upon the rock solid principles of the hearing, the admonishment, the teachings, and the doing of God's word. But the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And when the enemy comes huffing and puffing and huffing and puffing, he can't blow down what God built. He's about to blow down a lot of stuff man built. He's about to burn down a lot of stuff man built. But you can't burn down and build, and you can't burn down and blow down what God built. But then notice this happened in verse 28, and we're done. It came to pass. This is the moment he got done saying all these red letters, and there was a bunch of red letters in these three chapters. And it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished, blown away, mesmerized. Amazed, overcome with emotion. They were astonished at his doctrine. Why? Because it was flowery and fanciful? Oh, no. For he taught them as one having authority. As one having authority and not as the scribes, which would show us they had no real authority. And for years, these people had been taught all of this religious denominational nonsense. And they were none the better for it. But when Jesus showed up and began to break the bread of life. Became the gospel personified. And began to preach and teach the people the true, unadulterated, pure doctrine of the word of God. You know what happened? The people's lives were changed. Because the standards of man will not change you. But the doctrines of the word of God will always revolutionize your heart. Because God is about building you from the inside out. And for some of you. You're in a moment of which God is stripping everything down in your marriage so you can get your foundation worked on before you start rebuilding. Because the problem is sometimes if you don't learn the first time, you'll start building back the same way you built the first time. And every single time you do that, you can know God's going to bring it to naught and bring it to nothing because he's not trying to work on what you build. He's trying to work on what you need to build. And what you need to polish and what you need to firm up and what you need to fix the cracks in is your foundation, not the superstructure. You can buy a million dollars worth of two by fours. And in one windstorm, it can be a matchstick mess because you didn't have the right foundation poured. And when the people heard this, they were astonished. They were blown away at his teaching at his doctrine and I love this word at his authority Do you know why you're here today because of God's authority because God saw fit somehow some way to sprinkle his divine marvelous matchless miraculous grace upon a group of people that decided we don't care what the world says we're going to tear everything down and we're going to work on the foundation And we've watched God tear some things down. We've been broken. Oh, not just a couple of nights ago, but many, many times. And some of the things we've weathered makes this look like child's play. Some of the things we've endured makes this seem like just a tiny little rainstorm on a summer day. But if you look back over 15 years... You look back at all the history of what God's done with our church. And I know it's not about our church. It's about His church. But we're a part of that church instead. When you look back over all of it. You can see every time the rain came. And the wind blew. And the floods rose. After every storm. We've never been worse. We've always been better. We've always been greater. We've always been stronger. We've always been more powerful. And I can't tell you the number of words. The number of verses. The number of calls. The number of texts. The number of emails in just the last 48 hours that have flooded my pocket and my hand with that little phone. The unbelievable confirmations. Of things I've been praying about that nobody knows. Of things my wife and I have been discussing and praying about that nobody knows. Of things that the band and Monica are preparing to sing and we didn't even know. And one of the ladies in our church, she's here right now in this arena. (laughs) She's already sent me two messages since it happened. She's... One of the ladies in the context of our church I'll not call her out But she's one of the ladies that came to my wife and I And said I, I have a certain gift And she is uncanny With the gift of hearing from the Holy Ghost She said I submit this gift to you And to your leadership I'll never, I'll never use it to hurt you I'll always use it to help you And she's already sent me two messages She had no idea Some of the verses Some of the things she said Are some of the very exact same, that God, same things That God's been speaking to my spirit But one of the things she said She said Pastor I'm telling you right now if we will do nothing but praise God in this storm, then the levels to which he is going to take us is going to be more miraculous and more mesmerizing than anything you could ever imagine. And yesterday morning at 4.30, standing in a pilot parking lot, I didn't even really know what to say. My son saw the video. He said, Dad, you're almost at a loss for words, and that's weird for you. I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if anybody was going to show up. I didn't know what God was doing. And I thought, we got church on Sunday. Lord, we've we we've, we've fought hell by the acre for two years over these stinking communists. And now the wind's going to tear. What are we going to do? We can't go back in that building. We would have to have 25 services. God said, be still. I'm about to show up. Just be still. I'm about to show up. Man, a peace came over us in that bus. We didn't even worry about it. We cried a little bit. We prayed a little bit. My wife put the general cap on. Somebody gave her a megaphone and she went to work. But God went to work. God went to work on people all over the nation. And there are hundreds of thousands of people all over the world that are now and will later watch this. Whose faith will be increased because we refuse to stop. And when God grows us down and lets it all fall to the ground and there's nothing left. He says, I just wanted to show you that you've been working on the foundation properly. And I'm going to tell you this and my wife's going to pray. And our folks can start getting ready while she's praying. They can start readying themselves for baptism right over here with Miss Billy and her crew. But I'll say this. I don't know what's next. I know there's a next. I know there's an amazing chapter two. I know there's an amazing 2.0 blessing of God at Global Vision Bible Church. But I think we are right now, today, this moment, this second, this Milla moment, right now. I think we're in the greatest space of revival growth that we've ever been in 15 years of the history of what this church is. in a parking lot, in folding chairs, with busted stuff and a broken tent, rented equipment to have Sunday service, in the cold, with people driving by thinking we're crazy. And I'm at more peace right now as your pastor than I have ever been as your pastor. Because God is going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we cannot contain. If you believe it, lift up your voice and shout to the Lord today. Shout to the Lord.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's message from God's Word. This podcast is a ministry of the Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. To find out how you can partner with this ministry or plan your visit to the Revival Tent, visit us online at globalvisionbc.com. There you can find links to all of the social medias. You can see what's happening on campus and learn everything you need to know about GVBC. We can't wait to see you there.